Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and it's today on Rock Metal Podcast, we have Sacred Oath. They have a new album called Return of the Dragon, which released November 19th at Wormhole Death Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Rob to share some more information about this stellar release, where the dragon has been, how it returned, how is it doing these days, etc., etc. So, Rob, welcome to the show. Oh, good to be here, John. Thanks. Absolutely great to have you on. And I also, I feel so bad. I forgot to introduce my little lady here. This is Avila. She's going to be taking notes. She's our stenographer for today's meeting. Okay. Yeah. So Sacred Oath, Return of the Dragon. I also thought of Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's kind of strange that that didn't even occur to us until after the album came out. And then it was like, oh, yeah, Bruce Lee has a movie called that. <laughs> That he does. So it wasn't a matter of influence of Bruce Lee. That's okay. Um, not at all. Not at all, baby. Now, I <laughs> guess I guess the question is, what what is his record about? Because in the case of Bruce Lee, it would be, I don't know if you want to call it like Chinese mythology or whatever, but dragons are obviously important uh, figures, characters, animals, whatever. Um, but then also dragons exist other places. So tell us about this Return of the Dragon. Is it a concept album? Uh, well, I don't know if I'd call it a concept album um, in as much as it doesn't really go through song by song, you know, playing out a story. But uh, but the general gist of the whole album is addressing, uh, you know, the climate that we're in right now, uh, uh, you know, figuratively and literally speaking. You know, I mean, we've got we've got a generation of young people right now that are, uh, you know, got a whole lot to contend with. And uh, and the dragon, you know, the dragon seemed as good of a mythical character as any to represent so many different aspects of that. Plus, the dragon's always been a a uh, sort of a a token emblem for sacred oath. Yeah. Yeah. Dragons are, <laughs> dragons are effing cool, man. <laughs> Your stenographer is getting out of control there, John. I, I know she is. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's excited. I know. I'm excited, dude. <laughs> dragons are cool. Sacred oaths are cool. She likes what I'm saying. She does. She does, Rob. She does like what you're saying. <laughs> if you weren't saying so many cool things, I mean, this probably happens a lot to you. Like, you just, you know, start talking and girls go crazy. Well, no, I'm mostly kids. I got three of my own, and I spend plenty of time keeping them entertained. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, uh, you mentioned it has some themes of the, what we'll call the current everything climate because everything seems to be going on uh yeah <laughs> is is this then a pandemic album like lyrically and and all of that or is it just happen to be one of those albums that just sort of randomly you know it's coincidentally relevant uh no I, well i wouldn't say it's it's not just all about the pandemic i mean there's a there's a lot more than just the pandemic going on in our world right now but um, it, we, you know, we definitely, re, you know, wrote and produced the album during the first year of the pandemic. 
And most of the the most of the songs I have to say were um, influenced by a couple of books I was reading by uh, author Yuval Harari. You know him? I don't. Neither personally nor have I heard of him. So tell me more. Who is this this guy? You know, I, I'm, I've always been fascinated with. Uh, human nature and culture, religion, society, you know, civilization, just, just human behavior. And that's always been at the center of a lot of our lyrics. Uh, and these two books he wrote, he wrote, well, he's written many books, but the two that really, really made an impact on me were first one was Homo sapiens, which was all about, the evolution of man from, you know, prehistory, you know, why did Homo sapiens, why were they the, why were they the species that came out on top, you know, because there were all kinds of different, you know, subspecies, caveman, and followed that all the way through up to, um, you know, modern day. And then I quickly went into his follow-up book, Homo Deus, which is really focused on uh, what's coming and what's ha what, what are we looking at in even in our lifetimes with artificial intelligence and how is that going to impact, you know, us and our natures and, and all that. And I was just so into the book and you know this is uh, what is this like our ninth or tenth studio album at this point you just you know you whatever you're hot on at the moment you you grab a pen you start writing lyrics so it seemed as good a topic as any for a sacred oath album okay now you mentioned ninth or tenth studio album what were you guys looking to do this time around anything different anything unique oh uh, yeah well you know Every wait since probably since yeah since our very first record, I've been producing every studio album in my studio uh, on my own, and uh, so that can really put me in a position of you know you know there's a real I have to really go out of my way to try and not get formulaic in so many ways and that includes the sounds the way that i'm recording things you know it can be so easy to just kind of just keep going through the motions this time and i also i always try to change it up this time i really made an effort to do is really strip things down in all regards and, and, and do things differently. So drums were recorded entirely differently. Um, we, there's a, there's more synth and keyboard tracks on this album. Although you don't necessarily, they're not playing any kind of a lead role, but they're, we, you know, we kind of added that into the sound. We got three guitar players on this record um, with the addition of Damiano who joined us really for the 12 bells tour and we figured why not have them be on the, the studio album so in so many ways we we 
you know, our objective was to do something new or fresh for us. And I like to think when I hear it that we were successful in a lot of those areas. So, yeah, I guess that remains to be seen. Do you have any questions for Rob? Yeah. So you see what I mean? Yeah. So she gets it. Mm-hmm. She does. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned you guys you re-recorded, or not re-recorded, but recorded the drums differently than usual uh, without, I guess, giving away too many secrets. What does that look like? Or what did well, that look like? Well, first of all, typically I've got a great, I've really got a great live room in my studio. And that, and you know, the, the sound of the drums is really a huge part of the ambience of an album. Um, and, you know, and, and so it, it's a big part. So typically that's Kenny setting up, uh, well, not even setting up because he almost always uses my house kit that I have here, which is a, you know, gigantic Pearl studio kit. Um, this time around, it was a completely different approach. It was electronic drums combined with some real drums and real cymbals and him recording to a click track for the first time in 35 years so that was a big change for us john huge change and uh, I thought Kenny Kenny did a fantastic job. I mean, we rehearsed it that way so that he'd be ready. It wasn't like, surprise, this is how we're doing the record. Um, Show up in the we, studio. What's this? It's a click. Do it now. Because well, <laughs> that works. Well, Kenny's a so- Kenny is a solid, you know, we're not kids anymore, John. So, you know, Kenny's been around the block and he's a solid drummer. And, and uh, like, you know, by the time, we, at this point in our careers we we have great communication and we're always prepared and we don't waste much time so yeah he knew exactly what he was in for and it actually turned out better than any of us anticipated we were able to do so many cool things uh in the mix process having recorded that way i mean there are uh, there's so many neat things that i was able to do with his drums it just gave us so much more separation um so that i was able to mix things in a way that you could really hear every little thing that was happening not just in the drums but in the guitars and the vocals and the bass and and have it still all be like right in your face you know i like the emphasis that you put on that rob yeah (laughs) <laughs> I, I could i could feel it the audience can feel it right now yeah yeah i know i do interviews like i'm, I'm singing a show <laughs> very cool very cool yeah, yeah. i'm jumping my room right now i'm sweating Woo! Ow! now uh you mentioned some electronic drums which to be perfectly honest with you that's that's kind of the wave of the future you just plug in those bad boys and play away was it um well that's that's the funny thing john i mean now, it's not just the wave of the future. You, you know, in truth, bands have been making albums this way, especially metal albums, since the 80s. Oh, yeah. And we've, we've just always had no interest in doing that, um, just because we enjoy the sound of an acoustic drum set, and this is the way we play live, so that's how we make records. But 
we felt like at this stage of the game, it was like, well, you know, what the hell? Let's just do it to try something different. And, uh, and it ended up being a lot of fun. And, you know, if Kenny's having fun, I'm having fun. I mean, that's the way it always is in the studio. I really have no reason or interest in doing any of this unless I'm having a good time. So that, you know, as long as everybody's on board and enjoying themselves and, and feeling creative and, and getting the results that they want, then, then, it, then it's a good thing. I agree with you. Now, one of the other tracks that was featured and has uh, a video, I have to double check if it's a lyric video or a video video, video video, or one of those fancy visualizer videos. But anyway, Empires Fall. What is this track about? I know you mentioned there's some things going on in the world. A few empires may or may not have fallen since, you know, the whole thing started. (laughs) (laughs) Do I even have to ask, what's this track about? But let's chat about Empires Fall. Well, you know what? Uh, Empire's Fall is about a lot of things. Uh, But, you know, everybody seems most interested in what I have to say about the visual imagery paired up with the, you know, the direct lyrical references to, you know, Rob Halford, Megadeth, Metallica, all that stuff. And, you know, I'm... and first, I was really hesitant to answer this question because I, I said, oh, man, you know, I'm, we're like in this cancel culture now. I got to be careful what I say. People are going to misconstrue me and people are going to, you know, I'm not looking to start online, you know, arguments and, and bashing. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that there's a lot of people in my, you know, I, I'm 52 years old. And I hang out with 52-year-olds. And a lot of us are looking around and we're wondering, is this, are we, are we, is the end of what we're into and what, you know, we're attached to from our younger days in music, is, is the end of that in sight? I mean, you know, you listen to a lot of the new newer bands coming out today and i'm not going to say that there's there's not a revival because there are bands that are trying to revive classic and and that that classic metal sound but but you know are those days behind us now and and is the end kind of in sight will there be another randy rhodes or an eddie van halen i mean Mm -hmm. all our favorite rock stars every every time i go on facebook another one has left the earth and you know, you just don't hear bands putting out albums anymore like at least bands that I listen to. They're not putting out their number of the beasts anymore or their don't break the oaths, you know, it's uh, or their ride the lightnings or their operation mind crimes. And so it's just kind of like I think everybody asks themselves that question at some point in their life. And I think. With all that's going on in the world, and and uh, you know, and 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 as we're all now, most of us in our late forties and fifties, and some people even in their sixties that were really caught up in that eighties metal thing, and we're all asking ourselves, like, wow, are the de- are those best great days behind us? And that's kind of what that's about. Yes. You know, and a lot I'd, of I'd hate to be that guy, but don't, yeah, don't think 
don't think I don't get emails, you know, and, and posts from people who are like, you know, tell me to, to screw off because that's what I'm talking about. And there's it's just as vibrant as it's ever been and blah, blah, blah. And I get it. I'm not telling anybody that it's over. And I'm not telling anybody that what's out there now isn't great. All I'm saying is this is just, you know, I'm yeah. just... I'm just making an observation and letting people, you know, mm-hmm. listen. They either listen to it or they don't. Yeah, it is. A good, it is a good conversation, though. I mean, the uh, what do you want to call it? The fact that there was somebody like Ozzy who had a band whose sole mission was to bring people like a Randy Rhodes or a Zach Wild to attention. Well, he's not doing that anymore, and the only other person I know of who's doing that is Alice Cooper. But I mean, he's also, you know, old. So, yeah. Yeah, it happens, John, when these guys are gone. I mean, really. I spend, I spend a good part of my day teaching guitar, you know, private guitar, keyboard, piano, bass, drums. I play all these instruments and I teach them all privately. I mean, that's really how I'm staying alive at this point in this pandemic. And it's like, you would be shocked at how many young people who want to play guitar come through the door and have never heard of Led Zeppelin? And I'm like, what? I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm like, I, you know, I can remember thinking that this, this was our Led Zeppelin was our Mo, our Mozart. Like that, that they would, it would be eternal. It would be infinite. And you've already got a generation of kids who don't even know who they are. Yeah, and what's in a hundred years? You know what's what? What will have survived? Stairway to Heaven and Black Dog, and Fool in the Rain. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I could be very wrong. Yeah, but uh, I don't think that the I don't think that the way the industry and re- recorded music and 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 music sales have gone are doing anything to like make any of that better that's for sure yeah you know it's really oh it's really taken the value that we used to place in you know in 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 new releases it's kind of taken the value out at least for me it seems that way yeah and what i'm about to say might be controversial we'll get lots of comments maybe but uh as a guitar player myself when i think of these star players like eddie van halen or zach wild even randy rhodes especially Jimmy Page, uh, when I think of guitar virtuosos now, they don't have that bluesy slop. They're very proggy. Whereas an Eddie Van Halen, there was a bit of bluesy slop to him. He didn't play perfectly, but he played with a lot of heart and a lot of soul and he did a lot of great things. But you could pick it apart technically for sure. Um, Zach Wilde, again, a bluesy guy that just stands out up front and even Dimebag. I mean, how many great guitar solos were just a couple of bends? You know, you don't really get those out of periphery. Yeah. Well, no. Well, that's just not the style of the time anymore. I mean, yeah, I, I hear the. It, it's funny. Just, um, I was listening to the radio this morning on the way. I don't know somewhere to the bank or something, and and they're they're playing new releases on that XM Volume channel, and they played this band called Bring Me the Horizon. Oh yeah, they huge. They win lots of awards. Yeah, yeah, and I and I'm like, okay, <laughs> where heavy music is now. It's like 
emo whining uh pop drake sounding music that all of a sudden busts into a breakdown and a guy screaming in an absolute rage and then it goes right back to that other thing and i'm like but i don't hear and it, and it, it all sounds like it was meticulously produced on, on a, you know a macbook pro a laptop using logic software and, and ironed out every last drop of human blood had been squeezed out of it and I just thought to myself, oh yeah, that bluesy, that bluesy sound and that that style of expression that you're talking about is just not present yep. in today's heavy music at all. Yeah, and it is. I get that the younger generation is trying to have their own sound. I get it. I totally get it. I'm not interested in it at all, and that's okay. I can't listen to Periphery. I mean, I spent the whole 90s playing in a prog band, and I was really into it, but it still had, <laughs> it still was nothing like what I'm hearing now. I'm just not into, it's just not, it's not my sound, you know? No, no. But speaking of your sound, for those who are still listening in, number one, you've beat the statistics, so that's great. The second thing <laughs> is... If you go to today's show notes, you can check out sacredoath.net. The link will be there. You can stay in touch with the band. Also, there's going to be some videos available for Return of the Dragon, Empire's Fall. And then wherever it is that you consume music, Wormhole Death should be spreading the absolute uh, dragon out of Return of the Dragon. November 19th via Wormhole Death will be available everywhere you consume music. Um, yeah, we chatted about all kinds of stuff. And we finished up there with a great debate on... The bluesy lead guitar player, which seems to be, uh, we'll see if it makes a comeback. I'm curious, Rob. I'm curious myself if it makes, you know, a comeback to just go up on stage and you're going to do E minor blues and you're going to bend the crap out of your guitar and for too long in the in the spotlight. <laughs> and, you know, everyone's going to love it and they're going to be great because you're not doing something, you know, technically proficient on a line six helix. But, hey, yeah. you know. <laughs> What do, I, what, what do I know? Uh, uh, it sounds like you and I would have a, a good time having a long conversation. <laughs> I know about the beauty and simplicity of just an overdrive pedal into a JCM 800. But uh, groovy. No, this has been good. Thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today, Rob. Hey, thanks for having me, John. And my best to your family. Well, thank you. And to yours as well. Avila, do you have anything? No? Okay. Yeah. <laughs>